What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, back in action on a Monday morning following the Super Bowl. It's around 10 a.m. Central Time, February 8th. It's a Monday, 2021, day after the Super Bowl, and we are going to talk everything Super Bowl in the entertainment department to the football and we have a really fun show coming up for you guys. Before I welcome the guests, though, I just want to say, guys, if you like this podcast, subscribe to The Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. You can find us on any platform. Subscribe, share it with your friends. We're trying to grow this show, grow the audience, get out to more people. And if you subscribe, if you're able to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that'll do us a lot of good, and we will greatly appreciate that. Log on to my website, jackvita.com. Check out some of the stuff I'm writing over there. Last week, I wrote about MTV's The Challenge, and I also wrote about something going on with Major League Baseball and my plans for how they could expand to 32 teams and adopt the NFL's format, have eight divisions, more teams in the playoffs. So go to jackvita.com, sign up for email notifications, get on our email list. And uh, I know some of you guys like to ask, hey, what can I do to help the show? Just get on, just get subscribed, get your friends subscribed. That's, that's, all, that's all I really am asking of anyone. Well, it's Super Bowl time, and we are in the aftermath of the Super Bowl. I have a great guest joining me once again. She joined me about three weeks ago to recap the divisional round. Didn't think we'd be having her this soon, but man, she came in clutch. I had a lot of people who could not come in today. So uh, Haley Jordan steps in once again. How are you doing, Haley? I'm good, Jack. How are you? It doesn't it doesn't feel like it's been three weeks, but I guess it has. <laughs> I know, right? I thought it was two weeks, but then I realized it, we had that whole off week of when, with the bye week, and then we didn't talk. I thought we did do it, the conference championships, but yeah, I guess it was divisional round. So start of the year going by pretty quick. Yeah, and that's fine with me. I, <laughs> I'm devastated about the results, as you know, and as yeah. my friends know, I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. But we will, uh, I'll bite my tongue, and I will be <laughs> able to uh, evaluate both teams here today, Jack. Yes, and so if you if you didn't catch Haley on a few weeks back, she's a sports reporter, recent Indiana University Bloomington graduate, and she was Miss Indiana a few. Uh, a few years ago, Haley, before we talk football, I must say, I was in mm-hmm. the great state of Indiana on Saturday. Oh, well, how was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. I must say it's a lot more lenient in terms of lockdowns and stuff like that. So I went to the Valparaiso men's basketball game and they de- they are not having fans this year. So the only people that can go are friends and family of the team. And I'm pretty close with the coaching staff from when I covered the team when I was at Valpo. So I got to go to the game and uh, I got to go to one of those games. One, it was a pretty unique experience to go to a college basketball game without fans. Wow. Okay. Yes. So that is a great reason to come to Indiana. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. But basketball and college basketball, always a great time in Indiana and, yep. you know, the tournament. Simon Scott Assembly Hall, that's going to be one of the host sites this year. Yes. And even more for people to take a trip to the Midwest. But I'm glad you enjoyed your time here, Jack. It's not a bad state. I've lived here, what, 22 years now, my (laughs) whole life. And I've I've had a good life. So, yeah, welcome to it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm in Chicago area, and I know you were just in Chicago. So this is why I was was curious. What were you doing in Chicago last week? We switched places, didn't we? So (laughs) my best friend, too, she lives in Chicago. And, you know, it's hard to have a best friend that lives three hours away. But we do our long distance and we make it work. And I traveled up there. I tried JoJo's Shake Shop, whatever it's called. It was (laughs) incredible. A sweet tooth, heaven and paradise. Um, But, yeah, Chicago is pretty much on lockdown as well. But I will I'd go there, you know, five times a week if I could to see my best friend. (laughs) 
<laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. Valpo played Drake on Saturday. And I must say, from my experience being, I, well, I'm curious actually, before I talk about my experience, have you covered any games or have you been to any college basketball games this season? Not this season, but I have covered a few college basketball games in the past. Yeah. And that was pre pandemic. So that was, yeah. you know, with with a hall full of fans and it was just a completely different environment. But no, I have not been as reporter since <laughs> without all of the and all the madness. Yeah, so it was really really strange i was at this game and drake seemed to have it was uh valpo versus drake drake was number 25 in the country i don't think they're ranked well i guess we'll have the rankings coming out today but i don't think they're going to be ranked anymore they were 19 and 0 or they were 18 and 0 prior to that game and i was really um surprised there were it seemed there were more drake fans there than Valpo fans. I guess they have a lot of uh, kids from the region on their team. And so they, it seemed like they were the home team because their bench was making a bunch of noise. Their parents and fans that were there were making a lot of noise and they end up winning the game uh, to no surprise, I guess. <laughs> it was close though. Drake, that's a team from Iowa, correct? Yeah, that's Okay, correct. wow. So they really made... A haul to Indiana and brought everyone with them. Well, <laughs> no, they. Um, I think a lot of the kids were actually. They had four starters from uh, the Valparaiso area. Okay, so oh, from the Valpo area. Okay, so they all. Yeah. Well, I guess they all showed up and showed out. Yeah. But, man, was it a good experience? Even though the results weren't too great. Yeah, it was eighty to seventy-seven. So it was a close loss. It was a quality loss. Oh. But as the uh, Missouri Valley is playing this year, they're doing um, back-to-back games. So the travel schedule is a little odd. So Drake played Saturday and Sunday. And I, I just, well, guys, I know you're hanging tight, ready for football. We'll get to the football in a second. But this is a proud moment for me as a Valpo alum, Valpo fan. We beat Drake by 17 yesterday. I wasn't at that game, though. <laughs> yes, let's go. Okay, that's a big gap. Love to see that. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, well, that's that's enough about my uh, experience in Indiana. It's a good state, though. It's underrated. I like the Midwest. Good, good. Glad to have you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Haley, you are a big Chiefs fan. Let's just start with this. What happened last night? Everything that could have wrong went wrong besides Harrison Bucker went wrong. So <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And before going into this game, this matchup, it's the matchup that America's been wanting, okay? You know, yeah. you have 43-year-old Tom Brady. You have 25-year-old Patrick Mahomes. The original GOAT versus the upcoming GOAT. It's the matchup everybody wanted, and I definitely thought the results were going to be different. But as far as what went wrong... I would say that it started with the O-line for KC just because they had two guys, two of their tackles out, and they yeah. had to do sort of a fine shuffle to get that back in check. I would say their punter really had a bad game, yeah. really messed up. That was his worst, Tommy Townsend, that was his worst performance of his whole entire career. And I felt bad for the guy. And then as far as Mahomes' receivers, they were running different routes than Mahomes had anticipated. And, you know, Mahomes himself, he had a little bit of a rocky game. And, you know, when all of those pieces don't add up, you're not on the same page and you're playing Tom Brady, you're going to lose. Just how it is. Yeah, it was really, it was a combination of the Chiefs being down, two linemen. I know Eric Fisher had that horrible Achilles injury, one of the worst injuries in sports. So they were decimated on the offensive line. Meanwhile, Tampa's front four was incredible. They were able to only have to rush those four guys and put enough pressure on Mahomes. And when you have a front four that that is is that good and is able to to put pressure on the quarterback, you're able to drop back everybody else into coverage. You can double team Tyreek Hill and take him out of the game. Mm-hmm. And that Bucks defense, they were well prepared yeah. for Tyreek Hill. Well prepared. Like the guy just couldn't get open. And, you know, when you have Tom Brady on your squad and you see 
a player like Tyreek Hill, of course you're going to come in with a game plan like that. So I don't know why Kansas City was surprised to see that the receivers were having some trouble. But, um, you know, I didn't expect the loss for KC, but I did expect Brady to put up one one heck of a fight, and he sure did, and he's walking away with the seventh ring. So I guess all the power to him. The seventh quarterback drafted in the 2000 draft now has his seventh Super Bowl ring. Yes, that, um, you know, that's inspiring. And as much as I'm not a Patriots fan, never was, wasn't exactly <laughs> a when he when he disconnected from the Patriots, then I was like, oh, OK, Brady's not too, too bad. <laughs> but um, I fully respect the guy, fully respect him still playing at a high and professional level at age 43. And he's just able to do all these things that most other quarterbacks can't do. And just to watch him play and, you know, become so clutch in a game like last night, it was just incredible. And the uh, yeah. So you mentioned there were some drops in terms of Mahomes, but that game plan was really good because in addition to that, without putting that pressure and they're dropping back, the only way that they were able to move the ball in the first half was Mahomes running for the first downs. And he has that, he's had that toe injury. So you're making him make plays on that toe. I thought Todd Bowles did an, an exceptional job uh, in terms of his defensive game plan here with Tampa. I did too, and I was scrolling through sports Twitter last night, and everyone was like, Todd Bowles for MVP. And I was <laughs> like, you know what? That's not a bad tweet, everybody. That's a pretty realistic tweet right there. And, Jack, you're completely right. Mahomes was so mobile during the first quarter, and, you know, he did what he does best. He can't find an option, so he runs it in himself for the first down. And, when I saw him playing like that in the first quarter, I thought this is going to be a great game for him just because he's already getting so many first downs and it's looking great. Bucker had already scored a field goal, the you know the first points of the game, and so I thought it was looking good for a while, but he just fell apart. This was the best defensive performance that I've seen in a Super Bowl since Von Miller's Denver Broncos team clamped down on Cam Newton, and they had that great year offensively. Reminded me a little bit in terms of the game last night because you came in in that season, Cam won the MVP. Mahomes uh, finished third in MVP voting this year. He was an MVP. We all know how good Mahomes is. And they had a mm-hmm. defense come in and really just clamp down on that guy. And it was a defensive, just an incredible defensive effort. That was the last game in terms of Super Bowls. I remember seeing that in terms of dominance. I agree. There's just a powerful, you know, they've got a powerful squad in the Bucks, and I think people definitely underestimated them throughout the regular season. I know I did. I thought, oh, you think Gronk and Brady can just, you know, <laughs> pick up where they left off in a completely new city? And the answer is yes, they can. <laughs> yes, they can. Um, but as far as their defense being so powerful and putting pressure on Mahomes, I thought what was just a sight to see was Mahomes running all over the field, especially in the fourth quarter, dropping back so much. And I'm thinking, what if he had been sapped and he had lost all of that yardage for them? He never was at that point. He always seemed to get rid of the ball. But it just was really out of character, I guess, for him to run that far back. And I know he wanted to avoid getting sacked, but that would probably happen three, four times out of the course of the whole game and it was just it was devastating to watch a good quarterback like that have to scramble yeah he had to do a lot of making plays on the run and there were some throws that he made that were just ridiculous they were insane it felt like I was watching someone in a video game where he had one throw that felt similar to I know his dad was a pro baseball player the play that the shortstop makes when he's deep in the hole and he's falling over off balance throw to first base. He made one of those throws that went 40 yards downfield straight in the end zone and hit off a guy's hands. Yeah. And it just, it's actually, even when he sucks, he's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes good athlete is because even when he's having an off game the whole team's out of sync he's still impressive I was watching those highlights this morning and 100% the NFL put that in their highlights just because people were like this is insane and (laughs) one of those amazing throws that he had was during the fourth quarter and he was parallel to the ground and still was able to throw a bullet 
to the yeah. end zone. Yeah, that was the one. This, and that's that's a good that's a good point you make about him, his dad being a former baseball player, and Pat was a former baseball player yep. in college as well. So he's got that experience and definitely has the arm to do it. So might as well be a new thing in the NFL when you fall, just chuck the ball, I guess. And by the way, Haley, I, how big of a baseball fan are you? That's the question I'm wondering. Yeah, I like baseball. I can cover baseball and capable of it, know all the rules and such, but I'm definitely a way bigger NFL fan than MLB. <laughs> well, baseball is my beloved. So with the end yeah. of NFL, and we'll, we'll, well, don't worry, we're not done talking NFL today, but in terms of uh, right now, Spring training is the next thing on the on the plate here. We got college basketball, March Madness, spring training, and then opening day. This is the beginning of my favorite two or three month stretch in all sports. So I'm really excited. Yes, I figured because you have the baseball emoji on your social <laughs> media, and I thought Jack is going to be hyped for the next few months here. <laughs> so, yeah, that's very exciting. Um, my professor at IU, she's the Tampa Bay Rays sideline reporter. Oh, so sweet. In for the World Series, and baseball is great. I love baseball in person a lot better than TV, but I think everybody does. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I definitely like baseball, too, and would love to cover it someday professionally. <laughs> yeah, baseball. Oh man, I'm so I that's the silver lining here cuz I know a lot a lot of folks are sad that football's over. This was a great NFL season. I must say, this was a to tell the truth, Haley, I'm a Steelers fan and part of my mm-hmm. interest in the NFL is dependent on how relevant the Steelers are. If that last year Ben goes out <laughs> week week 2 and I was enjoying watching them for about half the season. And then we had the whole Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett incident. And after that, I felt like I really did not watch a whole lot of football down the stretch. Cause I was so like disturbed from that game. I was really down on the NFL. Of course I watched the playoffs and I watched a good amount to podcast on it, but I didn't really love it. And then this year, Part of it was the fact the Steelers got off to that great start, but then even when the Steelers' play was dwindling and they lost six of their last seven games, I was having so much fun. I think this was a terrific NFL season. Incredible what they were able to pull off despite COVID. Yes. I My dad's a Steelers fan, so I've grown <laughs> up with Pittsburgh flags all over my house, so I definitely can <laughs> say that they are a team that I tend to root for but (laughs) I my gosh you were so you were so right their season was the most unpredictable thing ever because they start off on top like you said and everybody you know Ben Roethlisberger was on everybody's radar yeah and then eventually they come in and just my gosh when playoffs came they lost and it was not even just a loss but it was embarrassing like it (laughs) was it was last night literally like the Super Bowl it was so embarrassing for and I actually had them. I have a couple friends who are Steelers fans. And just to satisfy them, I put the Steelers pretty far in my bracket. And that really messed with my bracket. Let me tell you when I was watching that game. But, yeah, I'm sorry for you. It sucks to see your team, you know, go out like that. But hopefully they'll be back and they'll be able to kind of pick up where they left off next season and hoping for the best for your team, Jack. Yeah, but would you agree, Haley, that this was a really good NFL season? Oh my gosh, yes. And the reason that it was so great is because I think people just weren't sure what was going to happen with COVID. So everyone was just grateful to have the season to begin with. And, you know, some fans were in and out of stadiums, and that was really nice to see to kind of get back to normal. But as far as the style of play, everything was just so unpredictable. You had teams that were doing great that haven't in the past. The Bills were incredible. The Browns did really well this year. The Chiefs, you know, they were trying to run it back, and it was fun to watch them all season. It's fun to watch the Colts with Phillip Rivers as yeah. his first season as a Colts. So there was a lot of stuff happening, and I would say that everybody's brackets were kind of messed up because <laughs> of how unpredictable the season was. I, for one, had the Seahawks going a lot further than oh. they did, but – you know, at the end of the day, I love football. I love NFL. And I think the reason we all love sports is because it's not predictable. It's changing all the time. And um, you never know who the next underdog is going to be. Yeah. And to your point about the Chiefs not being able to run it back, 
it is so hard. We've seen it now. It is so hard for teams to win a championship back to back, especially in this league where in the NFL, if you finish in first place in your division, the next year you play a first place schedule. You play all the teams that finished in first place. You have a hard salary cap in this league. It's really difficult to stay at the top. I had the Bucks winning this game partially because I just didn't really think the Chiefs were going to be able to pull it off two years in a row. It has not been done since the Brady's Patriots did it back in uh, 2003 and 2004, those two seasons. Yeah, and I don't really know why it is, why a team can't get it done twice, because you know I feel like half the argument would be, well, well they've done it before. They can probably do it again. Why wouldn't they? Because Brady's yeah. done it so many times this point but I agree with you in the sense that it's very hard to beat the same team twice in a season and I know the Chiefs beat the I believe it was 27 to 24 in the regular season and it was looking good the Chiefs entering this game but yeah the Bucks had so much time to figure it out they had so much time to watch the Chiefs figure out Tyreek Hill figure out Patrick Mahomes and when you have a duo like Gronk and Brady on the other side, who have done this a billion times. I mean, Gronk has four Super Bowl rings. You know that they are going to pull out all the stops, and they know how to navigate Super Bowl play. They know how to. And as much as I do love Mahomes, this is only his second Super Bowl start. He's only 25. So once he gets up there like Brady, he'll definitely be able to navigate Super Bowl play a lot better. Yeah, it's weird to think about the future for the Kansas City Chiefs because – Tony Romo last night was talking about he got really amped up. I felt like Romo, like this season, his thing has been that he drinks like five cups of coffee before he goes on the air and he's just like super all over the place and he's great and I love him, but it was like he he kept going on like, Yeah, Mahomes has a chance now. He can catch he can catch Brady if he wins six more. And uh the thing that's going to be difficult for the Chiefs here is that Mahomes is no longer on that rookie contract after this season, so his salary is jumping up from around somewhere between eight or nine million this year is what he made. Next year he's going to make twenty-seven million. So you basically have twenty million in cap space that you're going to need to trim off of this team, and it's going to be more difficult for the Chiefs to be as good as they have been over the last few years. Because that's such a an advantage when you have a guy on a rookie contract that plays at such a high level, and now you're going to have to navigate this territory of how the the Packers have you know they gave Rodgers a lot of money and they don't they're not able to put as much around him as a result. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I think it's something that's kind of the like logistics that people don't think about that fans watching don't think about a lot of times is the financial side of sports. And I agree with you. I can't help but sit here and think, you know, the Chiefs have had a great few years, but how long are they able to keep this up? How long are they able to keep that streak up? And yes, a big part of it is salary. Where's this money going to be coming from? Um, but at the same time, I'm just curious to see who they draft and yeah. the new players coming. I mean, they got Clyde edwards Alaire, and he was a wonderful, phenomenal pick. One of the guys last night that I didn't think had a terrible game, to be honest with you. But <laughs> <laughs> there, I think to continue to be smart about their pick. I'm hoping it's that the Chiefs can just keep it up. Like, just keep winning, guys. Keep winning. Keep having those winning seasons. Well, Mahomes just signed the richest uh, contract in quarterback history. So, uh, it might be a little tricky. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, and that's crazy. That is so crazy to think about. And, <laughs> oh, my word. I remember when that first came out months and months ago, and everyone was just like, oh, my gosh. And at the time, he was only 24. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> People are like, here's what I'm doing at age 24. I'm 22 and have four jobs. So there you go. <laughs> That's my salary comparable to Mahomes. But no, I mean, the Chiefs will still be obviously really good. When you have a great quarterback, you're going to be competitive. I just think that this uh, the juggernaut that they've had the last few years, they're going to have to retool a little bit. And I'm not, I'm not privy to all the salary and who they retain, who they draft, who they let go of, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be the exact same. So to tell the truth, here on February 8th, 2021, my subject to change AFC champion pick, I'm, I'm really uh, favoring the Buffalo Bills going into next season. Now, they did not look good 
in that AFC title game, but they're still, they still have that. Uh, they still have another year of Josh Allen on the cheap contract. I think they're, uh, I think they're a team on the rise here. I do too. And that's a team that pleasantly surprised me. Josh Allen has just continued to impress me and he's a young quarterback too. And he's still learning and, you know, he's mobile. He's able to do things that a lot of these older quarterbacks like, you know, breeze and, and some others weren't able to do. And so, I love watching the young quarterbacks because it's so fun to see them kind of transition into the NFL. And a lot of times, like college athletes, when they are quarterbacks, they don't translate well to the NFL. We've seen that with Tim Tebow and just a couple other Heisman winners. But Josh Allen definitely was a nice surprise, and I was happy that the Bills did so well this year as well. It was really incredible how the Bucs, and what Brady did with this team, considering that they did not have a regular, they didn't have a preseason at all. They didn't have a regular training camp. So they had to figure this thing out on the fly. And I remember, I'm old enough to remember week one when the Bucks lost that first game, a lot of stuff being written, a lot of sports talk shows. Oh, Brady's over the hill. He's not, this team's a pretender. They're a classic team that adds all the weapons and looks great on paper, but isn't going to get it down on the field. And my goodness, they figured it out on the fly as the season went on. And as you mentioned, seemingly just kept getting better as the season wore on. And if you listen to all of those sportscasters now, a lot of them, like a sick amount of them have admitted. They're like, I don't know why we ever doubted him. I've heard that (laughs) twice. And same, I'm guilty of that too. When I was making my bracket, for the playoffs, I was like, bye, Brady, your time is over. And he was like, <laughs> "Like, stop. So <laughs> I think a ton of people underestimated him at age 43. And gosh, at this rate, he could probably play till he's 50. I don't know when the man will retire. Now, Haley, what were your thoughts? If you're able to separate yourself from Chiefs fan mm-hmm. to uh, reporter, in this game, what were your thoughts on the officiating, which received a lot of flack in the first half? Yes, I would say that half of it was deserved. And I would, I have eyes and I love football. I'm able to tell when a holding call is justifiable. And a lot of times they were. And I think uh, the honey badger was just really struggling. He was the one that was just really not doing it for his team, not showing up in the way he knows how, which was unfortunate. But there was one call on him. I think everybody thought it was, they called it soft. (laughs) The announcers called it. Twitter was upset. Um, Something about a pass interference, I believe. But um, that one I did not agree with. And a few more I didn't agree with. Um, But the holding calls, especially in the beginning when the refs got a little flag happy, I did think those were justifiable. And unfortunately, you can't be holding like that. Or if you're going to hold, make sure the refs don't see you, you know? (laughs) Right. No, I think that the thing with this game, my thing with officiating, as long as it's being called consistently, and they're calling it both ways, I'm not going to kill the refs for it. Similar to baseball, as we talk about, there are umpires that have their tendencies with strike zones. There are some umps that call a lot of inside pit. They, there's a ball inside. They call a strike. They like they expand their strike zone or they shrink it in certain spots. That's just their strike zone that they call, and they call it consistently. If they call it consistently, I don't have a problem with it. Last or two weeks ago in the NFC title game, essentially what they had was a free-for-all. And they said, we're not going to... They swallowed their whistles entirely. They were Mm -hmm. allowed to get away with a lot of pass interference. They were allowed to get away with defensive, offensive holding, intentional grounding, which, by the way, Mahomes did throw a ball out of bounds when he was in the pocket, and they let that slide. I think that what they... Really what they did last night was... There was some type of, I don't know if it's the league office or whoever's in charge of the officials said, look, we got to be on the lookout for defensive holding and pass interference tonight. That's the main thing. And so what I saw was they were calling anything in the secondary on both teams. And I thought they did a really good job with that. I don't think it was unfair. I think they got it. I think they were on the money with all those calls. As a result, they also were allowing stuff at the line of scrimmage go. They were 
they didn't call they they may have only called one offensive holding penalty the whole the whole game. And so I liked that because they were letting them play and there was a lot of holding offensively that both teams were able to get away with because they were able to manipulate that. Yeah. And it was a, it was just interesting to see. And it depends on, you know, it depends how passionate of a fan you are. So last night, of <laughs> course, I was so upset. I'm like, oh, these reps are terrible, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's how it was. Well, but it, I was when you go back and you watch the replay. Yes, I was able to separate myself and be like, "That's clearly holding. That's clearly holding." Plain as yeah. day, as a sports fan, I'm able to separate that. But as far as the penalty st- the stats go, in the first half alone, eight penalties for 98 yards. That's the <laughs> most in Super Bowl history. And I think they finished with like the Chiefs finished with like over 11 penalties by when it was all said and done. So. There was a lot of mistakes there, and I know Andy Reid last night, he said, we can't have that many penalties if we're expecting to win a Super Bowl, and he admitted it, and he owned up to it. He blamed himself for the loss, and I think that's you know a nice, bold statement from him because they weren't prepared. 100% weren't prepared, and the penalties certainly did not help. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, with that is that Chiefs were really just coming unglued. It was like once it started, they couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. You could sense Definitely. the frustration it's, on the sidelines. Gosh, and I bet you, like, I know Mahomes seems to be a stand-up guy and everything, but I bet you he was just disgusted with the whole game, the whole situation. Even if there's going to be a duo that challenges Gronk and Brady, it's going to be Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and the, they just were not there last night. There was a couple passes that Kelsey dropped. And he should have had them. Like when they played the replay, I remember sitting there and being like, what is the problem? Like he 100% should have caught that. And, you know, you can't blame it all on the receivers. You can't blame it all on the O-line. It's just as a whole, the team just wasn't there. Like you said, once one thing went wrong, everything went wrong. And I think everybody should be buying Harrison Butt for a steak dinner for at least putting them on the board. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, Haley, because you can't you cannot put it on the officials when there were no calls that were harming the Chiefs offensively. The Chiefs there were no calls that I saw or lack of calls that was keeping the Chiefs from scoring. And that was if you only score nine points, you're not gonna win a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't win off the field goals. You just can't. Yeah. And as much of a superstar as kickers can be, and they can come in clutch, they can score, you know, the winning points there. It's just not enough, especially when you're up against Brady. So <laughs> that's kind of similar to that IU bowl game. Like kicker was great, but you know, you can't win that way. Sorry. And that's unfortunate. Haley, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else from this game in particular, uh, is there anything else that stands out before we get into the entertainment side of things? Yeah, just one thing I want to say is um, that when I was you know, researching this game and just sitting there on my couch watching it last night, one thing that I did notice that was a bright spot is that there were no injuries, no serious injuries. And point, I thought yeah. that was super And even though you know I was completely disappointed, my smile was so fake on TV last night. <laughs> but I was happy. Like I never like to see good players go down. So I was happy that the game was played pretty safely, no injuries, um, and that these guys can rest up and prepare for next season. So that's a bright spot. Um, and as reporters, you know, we hate to report on injuries and see that. So I guess if I have to say, that's the one positive that came out of yesterday's game. Now, which show were you on after that game last night that you had to do uh, begrudgingly after that loss? So I roll into Fox 59 and I was doing my Hoosier Lottery hosting and I walk (laughs) in and all the producers know I'm a sports girl at heart. So they're in there and they're like, yeah, night, right? And I'm like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) If you pull up my my segment on YouTube from last night, my smile is just not as bright as it normally is. (laughs) That's fine. I'm only on air for like 45 seconds, so not a big deal. Haley, didn't you cover that bowl game? You covered the Indiana is a Citrus Bowl, right? You that was at Raymond James. The Outback Bowl, yes. Outback I Bowl, was, yeah. Yes, yes, correct. I was in Tampa. My gosh, in January, so it was incredible <laughs> to be able to watch. You know, Raymond James Stadium for my couch watching the Super Bowl. But it was even more awesome knowing that I had been there reporting just a month before. And the cool thing about when I was there 
last month was they were actually using the bowl game to prepare for the Super Bowl, hmm. like logistics-wise, parking-wise, COVID-19 regulation-wise. Um, so it was really cool to be a part of that, and I think they did an outstanding job. Well, minus the fan who ran on the field. And <laughs> <laughs> did you catch the clip of that yet on Twitter? It was out on Twitter. Yes. It was hilarious, and the guy was actually, he had some wheels, but he he was pretty quick, and he was rolling through that field, and those security guys could not catch him until he, you know, essentially (laughs) scored the touchdown, but I'm like, why don't we put this guy in? Give him a jersey. (laughs) Yeah, did you see Kevin Harlan's call? Did you see that one on Twitter? No, I didn't. So Kevin Harlan famously, uh, it was about four years ago, there was a similar uh, fan experience. A a man ran onto the field and he was... um, So anyway, Kevin Harlan calls the games with Kurt Warner on Westwood One as the the radio broadcast for a lot of these big games. And this one was Monday Night Football a few years ago. And Kevin Harlan... Mm -hmm. Did, provided the play-by-play services of the guy running on the field. It's like, he's at the 40. He's at the 50. The guy is drunk. And uh, he did it again last night. And so it's uh, some prime Twitter content out there for everyone to check out. I, it's on my feed. I quote tweeted it. Gosh, that's fantastic. You know, when those play-by-play broadcasters don't miss a beat, that just shows their talent and just how funny they can be as individuals. <laughs> and honestly, last night's... Uh, fan experience as you say that reminded me of that cat who ran out on the field and was yeah. just running up and down the field and how play-by-play didn't miss a beat he was literally doing play-by-play for this random cat that somehow got in the stadium but you know that did make me laugh and i rewinded it at least three times <laughs> actually <laughs> Haley, i think i um i think i got it here so i'm gonna try to play it for you um so let me know if you can okay. hear this <laughs> got it got it 20 can you hear it? And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard at the 20. Down the middle of the 10. The 5. He slides oh at the 1. And they converge on him at the goal line. <laughs> when stuff like that happens out of the ordinary and you know that crowd was loving it (laughs) i wish they could show that i know that their whole thing is we don't want these people to be incentivized that they can run out onto the field and then become twitter famous and then build their brand through doing something illegal they don't want to incentivize (laughs) and encourage these people to run out onto the field but i would have enjoyed it very much to see that as some uh some uh mid-quarter entertainment i i think so too and i think that's what everyone needed at that point you know everyone was like oh thank god some comedic relief finally so, Haley, favorite commercial. Did you like the commercials? What would you think last night? Yeah, I wasn't too interested in the commercials last yeah. night. I think they've been a lot better in the past. The one that that did catch my eye, I really liked the one about the Olympic swimmer. That one, I don't know if you caught that one, but that one was, I just thought, so heart-wrenching. Did you, were you able to see that? I don't think I, you know, honestly, I feel like they're, that's one of the things right now is they, they want to make these big, long, inspiring and encouraging commercials. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I pay as much attention to those. I think I'm kind of like, okay, like I want to see something that's like 30 seconds and funny, but I'll have to look it yeah. up on, um, on social media today. Yeah, it was really good. It was a Paralympic swimmer, and it's a a commercial of her, you know, swimming around in the pool, and she kind of has a bird's eye view of her parents back in the day deciding if they were going to adopt. And the adopting agent was like, you know what, we have a baby for you, but the bad news is her leg, both of her legs are going to have to be amputated. And it shows her parents like, you know what, 
that's okay. We're going to love her the same. And then it shows her swimming laps through the pool. You know, she obviously doesn't have both of her legs and it just shows how far she's come. And, you know, the audio, the voiceover saying like her life's going to be so hard. It's going to be difficult. And then it shows her at the Olympics. It's an incredible commercial. Wow, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, I I must have I must have missed that one. I I don't remember when it came on. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, I agree. Like sometimes I don't pay attention to every single one. But what was your favorite from the night? There were a few solid ones. Honestly, I feel like recently, and I don't know if it's always been this way, but recently I just don't get all that excited about Super Bowl commercials. I don't have super high expectations. Mm-hmm. I feel like expectations are somewhat unreasonable these days and I don't know if it used to be that they they've always been somewhat overrated or if it was there was a time where the commercials were better because I remember them as a kid being like great and but it could have also been my sense of humor not being as picky and selective Uh, but I also think that recently comedy just hasn't been great in general i don't think there's been a lot of just overly funny stuff these days um that's a conversation for another day anyway there were a few that i enjoyed Mm -hmm. i really got a kick out of the paramount plus commercials which is our sponsor for the day Haley. uh cbs all access is moving over to paramount plus and they're going to have so much awesome content they already have a ton they got all those survivor seasons that we love they got those old nickelodeon shows from back in the day and so they had these commercials for paramount plus that start out with jeff probst leading the way with walking with a torch and then all these people climbing up to paramount mountain together I saw that as well. And when I saw that, I just, I loved, I loved the creativity of that commercial too. Just having, having probes like be the host (laughs) of that commercial was just such a good idea. Um, But yeah, I remember seeing that one and thinking it was extremely clever. Yeah, they had started airing those a few weeks ago. So they weren't exactly new, but they were the CBS uh, pump ins that they were plugging for their own product. And so those were fun just to kind of see all the different personalities, whether it be Snooki or Brooks Kepka or, uh, gosh, I'm blanking. Oh, uh, Patrick Stewart and James Corden. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that was, those were fun. Dora the Explorer, those were enjoyable. That one too. Yes, I agree. So you can catch all those people on Paramount Plus, and if you don't want to wait till March fourth when it becomes Paramount Plus, you can sign up CBS All Access today. Go to jackvita.com/slash/cbs and uh, get a free one week trial through that link. Lots of great stuff over there. I very much enjoy CBS All Access. It's my favorite streaming service. Me too. I just got it actually. Oh, you did. Yes, I sure did. I got it because I wanted to watch Big Brother as well. Oh, so now Survivor and Big Brother. Oh wow! So which uh, which Big Brother have you been watching? I've been watching season sixteen, and I'm about halfway through. Okay, who's on that season? That's going to be Frankie Grande. Oh Ariana yeah, Grande's brother. yeah, Amber Cowboy Caleb, yep. all those guys. So it's a really entertaining season. Yeah, Amber's on the challenge this season, too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I did not know how much that those reality TV contestants overlapped with their shows, so that's really <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so CBS All Access, go to jackvita.com slash CBS, check it out. Every time you go through that link, sign up for uh, the product through that link, jackvita.com. This show gets funded, so we much appreciate you guys doing that, and uh, they do a great job. All right, Haley, a couple other commercials that I enjoyed. The Jason Alexander hoodie, which was just so bizarre and outside of the box. I got a kick out of that just being such a Seinfeld nut. I had fun with that. It was a Tide commercial. I didn't see that one. Dang it. Was that (laughs) after the second half? Yeah, it was in the second half. It was later on in the game. But it was like, Kid had like a Jason Alexander from who's George Costanza from Seinfeld. Just a a hoodie of his face. And uh, (laughs) it was was fun. It was just so outside of the box and bizarre that 
something I got a kick out of. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked that one. Yeah, I was going to say, if it was in the second half, that's when I ran upstairs to get ready for work. So oh. I missed a lot of those. Yeah, you didn't miss week. much. You didn't miss much on the game front. You didn't miss much <laughs> entertainment-wise. Yeah. <laughs> but... Then there, right. there were a couple other ones. I mean, the Tracy Morgan commercials were fun, and there was a one Will Ferrell commercial where he's going to Sweden, where he's just basically being the Will Ferrell that we know and love from Saturday Night Live and from all of his big movies. That was a funny one, too. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. I love seeing them. I don't know if you caught that one. I, that I one did. I thought that one was okay. I felt like it was kind of lacking something. To, like we, It was almost funny. But I do like them. Yeah. Couldn't quite laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, almost close enough. Um, <laughs> Cardi B, the one with Cardi B in it. I was oh, like, Wayne's my World. God. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. One, some beer commercial and Post Malone made an appearance. And I thought, wow, everyone's really pulling out all the stops here. Just, they, I think they're all like, which big name can we get in this commercial? And like, <laughs> let's just put them all in, all in the commercial at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I wasn't expecting too much. There wasn't anything really great or super memorable, but hey, it is what it is. How about the halftime show? Are you a fan of the weekend, Haley? I do like the weekend, and at that point, I was still getting ready, but I did fast or I did rewind and watch Blinding Lights because I love, love, love that song. So <laughs> I thought he did a great job. Um, I thought it was interesting, and I could be wrong here just because I caught the last song, but there wasn't a stage this time on the field, was there? Yeah, it didn't look like it. And it was kind of like hypnotizing the way they were shooting it, where they had like, like, it, did he have some type of a GoPro on him with the with the camera pointing right at his face where he was spinning around <laughs> in circles and stuff? Like it was, it was a little odd. It was a little out there, but I mean, it sounded fine, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all, so many memes exploded of him like walking through the tunnel and like confused. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, he's already made a meme and it's been 20 minutes. But yeah, I think the weekend's great. Um, when I heard he was going to do the halftime show, I wasn't disappointed. And last night, even though I only got to watch and listen to one song, I thought it was good. Definitely was surprised that there weren't as many props. They just had a ton of people out there with masks. So I guess I guess they were the props. <laughs> So rather than a big elaborate stage. Yeah, it's again pretty wild that we were able to have that despite COVID. Um, so we'll take what we can get. I know Kane Brown had his, uh, and that's okay. So I'm a huge country music fan. Do you like country, mm-hmm. Haley? Me too. Yes, okay. I absolutely love it. So my favorite, typically these halftime shows, I you know I don't have a problem with them. They're not something that I get overly excited about. They're just kind of. All right, it's the halftime show, whatever, for the Super Bowl, that is. Um, traditionally, they used to get older musicians. I'm an old soul. I love old music. So when it was Paul McCartney and Bruce Springsteen and The Who and all of those musicians, those were ones that I was so excited about. Now the ones that I'm always excited about are typically the ha- they have a country act on Thanksgiving Day for the Cowboys game. And so Kane Brown, they actually had like... It's pretty interesting. That was only two and a half months ago. They had to shoot that before the game was going on because of the COVID restrictions and everything that they want to be careful with COVID. And they were still, last night, they were able to just kind of have a normal halftime show. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, that was nice to see. It's just nice to see things starting to kind of swing back into normal and I don't know. I, I hope it only goes up from here. I really do. With the vaccine going on, I don't think I've seen too, too many players get diagnosed with COVID within the last few weeks. But um, hope I hope we're on the home stretch of that. Really do. Yeah. So for me, I don't know. It's like, to tell the truth, I was not super familiar with the weekend. I only knew uh, I Can't Feel My Face When I'm With You. That's the only song that I knew. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but then um, they kept playing the Blinding Lights song in the commercials, so I I did get a chance to listen to that. That's a good song. I definitely enjoy that song. Yeah, and his new album's really good, too, and I I always find myself downloading weekend songs, so I'm glad (laughs) they threw an OG song in there, Can't Feel My Face. That was from high school, when I was in high school, (laughs) so that was over eight years ago, which is kind of ridiculous to think about, but yeah, that's... That was awesome. And I think just uh, looking at Twitter and 
social media, everybody was pretty pleased with the performance. So that's always good. That's good. Yeah. I, I didn't have, again, nothing, nothing negative to say, but going into next year, if you could pick the halftime act, who would you select? Oh my word. Gosh, that is such a good question. <laughs> she would never do it, but Taylor Swift, that would <laughs> yeah. be awesome. Yeah. That, I think I would freak out if she was the halftime show. I think she's just too big and, you know, it's, I, I don't think she would be interested Wait, in performing too, at the Super Bowl. too big for the Super Bowl? It used to be that no one was too big for the Super Bowl. Like, it was, it's, you get the biggest people. Uh-huh. And I just, she's just, I don't know if she's too big. Same with Justin Bieber. Like, he'd be awesome, too, but they're just so famous. It's like, just, they probably have something better to do. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if I could pick either of them, that would be awesome. I personally liked when Bruno Mars did the Super oh, Bowl halftime yeah. show. That was really good. Sometimes I like when they get those not as popular names, but people still know who they are. Sometimes I really can appreciate that, too. And I liked when J-Lo, like, I liked when she did the halftime show as well. So, yeah, but if they get a really big name next year, that would be very cool. I think people would like Harry Styles, too. Oh, it just no. Depends. Please don't. No, come on. <laughs> You're like, no, end it all. No. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Taylor Swift. Like, yeah. Like, who doesn't like Taylor Swift? But, I mean, like, I'm not into... I'm. I'm not into Biebs. I'm not into uh, Harry Styles. I don't like the boy band thing, really. I'm. I. I think yeah. there are a lot of people that, a lot of males that feel that way, at least. <laughs> yeah. Like we're sick of One Direction ties still being thrown at us, but yep, he's a definitely a boy band prodigy. So we'll see. <laughs> no, I would go. I want uh, Carrie Underwood and Brad Paisley together. That would be my dream. That would be so cool. <laughs> That would be something. Yeah, if they could throw in some country for once, that would be a, quite the treat. I would be on board for that as well. Yeah, I don't think they've done country since Shania Twain, and that was like over 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, Shania Twain. Yeah, she's great too. But yeah, I think so many people are just into pop and rap and all those kinds of artists. That country's just kind of, you know, falling off the wagon. So unfortunately, but... Hopefully they can bring it back, and yeah, wouldn't mind seeing a country duo. Jack really wouldn't. Carrie Underwood's the goat of country music, I would say. <laughs> no, I think that it's like with young people, young people really like the pop and the rap, but the majority of the audience, so I was looking at this from two years ago, Forty. so age 18 through 49, that demographic, which really spans from Gen Z through Gen X, that's three generations only made up just under 40% of the viewership for the Super Bowl. That was two years ago. So the Super Bowl has a much older crowd. And that's why they've had traditionally older acts, older people who everyone's familiar with. Um, I think The weekend was an attempt to try to get more young people into it, which is smart. Um, so I would say, like, I think that country is still as popular as it's ever been it's just different demographics and i think the only problem is that there's like there isn't a genre that people like to hate more than country music like you know those people who are just like oh country no i gotta like jump out of the car like change the channel i can't listen to this yes <laughs> I agree. People love to hate on country, but the ones who actually are very loyal to the genre do love it. And I'm one of those people. Yeah. I respect it. I think it's just beautiful. But yeah, people do like to hate on it. But that is an interesting take you have there because you're right. Like, I mean, older people are going to be attending the Super Bowl because they're the only ones that can afford the tickets. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're right. They're going to be. They're going to want their music as well. So. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting decision who's going to perform. Yeah, I guess I'll give you one more that I think would probably be in a good sweet spot in terms of Venn diagram that everyone, I think, would universally enjoy. And that would be Kelly Clarkson. I love Kelly Clarkson. I've actually Who met doesn't? Kelly Clarkson. She is a doll. She's fantastic. Um, she came to the Indy 500 a couple years ago. And I got to meet her for like one second. <laughs> it was so awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Highlight of my highlight of my day was meeting her. Not the Indy 500, <laughs> but meeting Kelly Clarkson. That was awesome. <laughs> What'd she have to say? 
she said, I was with a group of girls and she said, you all look so beautiful. And I just could have sobbed. I was like, what? This is amazing. And she, um, I wasn't super close to her, but a couple of my friends were, and she still talked to them before she sang the national anthem. And she was very nice to all the people that came up to her and just very respectful. Cause I know some famous people, they just don't have the time for that, you know, but she did very, very nice woman, at least from my experience. That's awesome. Yeah, she she has so many hits. She has about 10 songs that I think everybody knows. And I think that's typically what you should want for the Super Bowl is someone that everyone's just overly familiar with and excited about. And I think she would be that. She'd be, she'd be awesome. I agree. Sign her up. Sign her up. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, I know you got to run. Is there anything else that you want to discuss today while you were here? I think we got everything covered Super Bowl-wise, so... Thank you so much for having me, and I was able to stomach through the pain of reliving it, but I'm <laughs> glad. I'm so glad we were able to kind of dissect the game, you know, figure out what, what went wrong, what went wrong with the Chiefs, what went right with the Bucks, and, you know, at the end of the day, I am a Chiefs fan, but all the props and all the congratulations goes to Brady and Gronk and his squad. They they did an amazing job, and it was it really was well-deserved. Couldn't have said it better myself. Haley, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming in onto the show once again, talking some football. Um, not sure when we'll have you next, but I'm sure it'll come up quick uh, if it was like the last time, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I'm always down to be on your show. I love it. I love listening to it on my Spotify when I'm driving. So I'll be listening to our episode once it's posted. So thank (laughs) you so much for having me and always down to talk sports. Awesome. And Haley, why don't you tell people what you've been working on and how people can get in touch with your work? Yes. So as of yesterday, I changed my Instagram handle. So I will go ahead and plug that first. It is TV Jordan now. Okay, TV Haley Jordan. And then on Twitter, it's still the same Haley Jordan TV. As of right now, I'm working on pretty much the same projects Who's Your Lottery Host, IU Newsroom Print Reporter. I also work as this part time sports photographer at Wish TV Channel 8. And now I work for Sports Illustrated as a host. Oh. So I just picked that the last week. So, there wow, you go. <laughs> wait, what are you doing with Sports Illustrated? So I'm a host for one of their web hosts just because, you know, we can't be in person because of COVID, but I'm a web host for the Indiana site and very excited to get that started. My first episode of that will be tomorrow. Wow. That's awesome. Sweet. So we'll have to, uh, you'll have to send me that and I can link to that on the webpage for, for this episode. I sure will. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us, Haley. And uh, it's always a lot of fun. Look forward to having you on again soon. All right. Thanks, Jack. See you soon. Well, folks, that concludes my conversation with Haley Jordan. Lots of fun talking all things Super Bowl, all things football today, all of everything from the entertainment department. Always fun having Haley on the show. She has a very bubbly and delightful personality and is always just uh, a treat to have on a treat to talk with so if you guys like the show today make sure you subscribe to the jack vita show on spotify on apple podcasts wherever it is that you get your podcast leave a review on apple Podcasts. i'll do a lot of good for the show if you guys like the show and you want to help me uh Again, I'm doing this thing independently. I'm not making any money at this time right now. But hey, if you want to help me grow my audience so this can be a thing that I continue to build upon and do professionally, share the show with your friends, share it with people that you know and that you think would like it. You can share it on social media, subscribe to the show, get email notifications on my website, jackvita.com. And lastly, I guess the other way you can support this show other than purchasing stuff through the ad links on my site is I do have a PayPal button if you would like to contribute any dollar amount to this show so that I can continue to create content. Uh, I know some people have been sending stuff and I very much appreciate that. It's, uh, it's really awesome, and I really appreciate it. So thank you to everyone who's contributed so far. And even if it's a couple bucks, 
it's uh, it means a, a good amount to me. So you can uh, you can hit that PayPal button on my website. All right. Well, we're going to be back later this week, I believe. The episode is a little up in the air right now. We're figuring it out. We may have a special guest joining us. I don't know when that guest is going to come on, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to spoil it in case it doesn't end up happening. I don't want to get people hyped up, but I think we're going to have a pretty big episode coming up here sometime over the next few weeks, and it could be later this week. Nevertheless, we will be back next week to talk some college basketball, and I think we're going to do some more stuff with reality TV contestants. There are several Survivor contestants that I have been in contact with about coming on this show, and hey, I know not everyone who listens to this is a reality TV fan. You can always skip those episodes, but if those are things that you're excited about, again, make sure you subscribe. We're going to have a lot of good stuff coming out uh, this month, and I'm really excited. Now that football's over, you can expect there to be a college episode, college basketball episode coming out each week, beginning next week. We'll be providing a lot of college basketball content, and we'll be getting going on the MLB preview series where we preview all six Major League Baseball divisions and every single team going into 2021 season. I'm really excited again about all of that stuff. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're uh, getting those email notifications and logging on to jackvita.com for all the stuff that I'm writing about over there. I'm also going to be beginning a vlog fairly soon. So you can subscribe to my vlog on youtube.com slash jackvita. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at jackvita show. Same thing with Instagram. TikTok is at Jack Vita, Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. That's it, my friends. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for the positive reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for subscribing. Until the next one of these, until the next time you hear from me, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>